Welcome into another edition of The Fellowship, the audio-only version of the show that we do. I asked my partner, Ryan Engel, not to move around or make any noise while he's not talking. The first thing he does is he leans forward in a loud office chair. Ryan, how are you today? You've got the Rolling Rock going. This is from Latrobe. Latrobe, Pennsylvania's finest, Adam. You just love to hear it. You love to see it. You love to taste it. Who else is from Latrobe? The greatest of all time. And that is? Mr. Arnold Palmer. I'm sorry to make you dignify that question with a response. We all knew that it was Arnold Palmer. Today, Monday, June 26th. Happy anniversary to yours truly. I'm celebrating nine years of marriage today. I already got my wife a gift. I went to JCPenney and I picked her out a $30 memory foam pillow. Wow. It almost reminds me of the nine years you went without smoking a natural spirit cigarette. And again, I do just want to remind the listener that I've asked Ryan to stay still while recording this. I can't stay still. And he just can't stop moving. I feel like the sound of the office chair is kind of like authentic. It's like just a couple of guys chalking it up in the office. Yeah, well, I would like to hear, and it's chopping it up, not chalking it up. Well, I, you can chalk that up to another mistake. <laughs> I, I would like to hear the sound of some WD-40 all over that office chair. Uh, yesterday, the Travelers Insurance Open, whatever the hell that tournament's called, I have no idea, concluded. I didn't watch any of this except probably the last 30 minutes of the broadcast. I watched it on Antenna TV. I had to uh, beam in the NBC or CBS signal, whatever channel it was on. They uh, still have that? Well, yeah, you can go buy a digital antenna, screw it to the back of your flat screen, post it up in your window, and uh, what do you know? Broadcast TV beams right into your house. Well, I... I imagine that works really good for your setup since your TV's in front of your fucking window. I have zero to say about the Travelers <laughs> Championship other than Keegan Bradley won it at 23 under par. That's a lot under par, if you ask me. Wasn't and, he 26 at one point? Yeah, and then he made a couple bogeys coming in. But I guess the takeaway is Rory McIlroy saying afterwards that TPC River Highlands has been completely rendered obsolete by golf's New technology. Rory shot 18 under and it was good for only seventh place. Imagine shooting 18 under par and coming in seventh place. And that's what happened. And then he went and said, this course is obsolete. What do you think? Technology ruining the game? A lot can be said. I know there's this big discussion about the ball. It's the fucking driver, dude. 460 cc's in a professional's hands. It's stupid. And clearly they have them all tuned now because the shafts are incredible they they've got robots and slow motion cameras and every little bit of technology you can put into it and so these guys you know they they don't miss left and they hit it a fade a mile and uh the misses go straight you make that head smaller it's a whole different game i think it's a combination of that and course setup but look you just can't keep adding property to these golf courses you know so clearly it's the equipment yeah, and that's exactly what Rory said. You know, you can't keep building out these golf courses. Real estate is what it is. Land is what it is. And uh, and the history of these clubs, too. Right. It's like a guy designed that. It's like the club and the course design should be just as much of a focal point for every tour stop as anything else. And it's secondary now. Well, speaking of design... Let's uh, talk about the design happening here in San Clemente, California at the Nation Golf headquarters. You are currently in the middle of remodeling our showroom. You can come visit us, 915 Calais Amanacer 
in San Clemente. Calle. Calle, sorry. He has a Mexican wife, everybody. Yeah, well. He can't say Calle. You are currently <laughs> remodeling our showroom. It's going to be great, but you've had to rip up some carpet, put some adhesive remover down to try to get all the glue out so we can get a concrete floor. I want to know, what does it feel like knowing you're going to have zero help with this? It doesn't feel like anything because I accounted for that. Not only are you not good at that, I, I just think, quite frankly, you're incapable of, of, of helping. You know, it'd be like trying to tell your kid to scrape something right and they just make more work for you, you know. So just uh, type your emails, stay in your little little chair and enjoy yourself in here. I'll be, I'll be in the other room working. You're doing a great job. Oh, thank you. And in my mind, I'd like to help, but I think you and I both know that I was born without the use of my hands. When it right. comes to physical labor, I'm as incapable as anybody. So I apologize for not being able to help you on this. And I'm glad that you did account for the fact that you're going to be doing this project solo. Now, how long do you estimate this will take? The moment I get all the glue up off the floor and put the concrete sealer down, then I'll know. In my mind, I know as far as the framing and carpentry that's going to go into it, as far as the design and the layout and what the end build's going to be, I can give a good estimate of time on that. My first time taking glue off the of concrete, and uh, I'm, I'm hoping this solvent does better after 24 hours of sitting because the one to three hours that it recommended didn't do jack shit. We'll, we'll, we'll check back in, Hawk. Yes, we will keep an ongoing progress report of the remodel happening uh, at the hands of one man and one man only. Uh, on Friday, I played golf at Brentwood Country Club. This is a country club. That is a step up from your normal tracks that you uh, frequent, like Chester, Washington, and what's that other one that's on the landfill? Uh, the Links at Victoria. The Links at Victoria. You love to hear it. Yeah, it was built. Uh, the Links at Victoria were built on a methane toxic waste dump, so they are incapable of growing grass there, which... I think is kind of the very first thing that you need at a golf course. Yeah, well, grass is good. Yeah, yeah grass is yeah. good. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I went to Brentwood Country Club. I was a guest of a guest of a guest. Mm. Somehow got out in a foursome on a Friday morning, nine in the morning, without a member in the group. So shout out to Brentwood for the accommodations. I shot an 87 and got the notification from the USGA that my handicap of 12.9 has now dropped to 12.8. Wow. So I continue to break personal records left, right, and center. I do want to say this. I'm not going to rush Limbaugh you to death and take you through my entire golf round. You Please know, don't. His uh, program director once put his ratings in front of him and said to the late Rush Limbaugh, your ratings drop when you talk about your golf game. And he would do it on a frequent basis. Like people tune in to hear a certain thing. They don't tune in to hear you talk about your round of golf. So I won't do the same. Um, I just want to say this, that anyone that says they don't like country clubs has never been. Yeah. Because I'm not a country club guy. I do not have a membership. You do have a membership, and you're uh, very nice to bring me out to your club often. And wow, what's not to like about country clubs besides this tired old adage that you just repeat that you've never actually experienced in your life the stuffiness the gatekeeping the rich people i mean i'm sure there's some stuffy clubs and some stuffy people and you know maybe certain flavors culturally speaking of certain clubs maybe don't taste as good to other folks teach their own i mean what are we talking about here 
hey, I like eating, but I don't like fancy restaurants. Come on, dude. The correct thing you should be saying is my palate isn't as experienced to enjoy this three-course elegant elevated meal. Correct. So don't just go out there and be like, oh, in country clubs. It's just like, dude, what, do you like your six-hour rounds? With <laughs> Yeah, well, and, and here's the thing. We are municipal golfers, proudly municipal golfers. Big shout out to San Clemente Municipal Golf Course. The pride of the Pacific, yeah. the Muni. Yeah. Uh, we play most of our golf at Muni golf courses, but to go to a country club, it's just, it, it's, it's a step up for everything. The clubhouse is nicer. The golf course is nicer. And who doesn't want all of those things? Service, amenities. I'll say this about the amenities. If you go into a men's locker room at a country club, you're essentially walking into heaven on earth. We're talking about pre-pasted toothbrushes, sterilized combs, aftershaves, razors, hair gels. You can take a better shower in a sink at a country club than you can at your own house. At that level, it's not even a shower. It's like a, it's one step away from a spa day. It's basically a spa day in a sink. It's a sink spa. You know what I mean? You put a club in my bag recently, a big berth of seven wood, and boy, howdy, I tell you. For those of us who played golf in those kind of mid-90s to early 2000s, which is my favorite era of equipment, which is probably the only reason why me and Cole from Metalwood get along, because um, <laughs> I'm quite certain he probably hates me, you know, deep down inside. But uh, that era of equipment is just my favorite. For those out there who know, the Steelhead Fairway Wood Series from Callaway, I don't care if it's a 9-wood, a Heavenwood, which I gifted you. The 5-wood's my favorite club. I have it in both my bags, my desert bag and my coastal bag. That generation of fairway metals, it's just, they're unbeatable. They're the best. A little draw biased, which is nice for us faders, so we love them. I'm sure the better players who play a draw, they get those things and duck hook it and be like, this thing's a piece of crap, but you know what? Good for you. But what a lethal weapon. I do want to say this. I'm convinced more now than ever that golf is 100% mental. And here's why I say this. There's 26 million golfers, which means there are 26 million unique swings. So I don't really understand why everybody is on YouTube looking at swing tips, trying to figure stuff out, putting on all these tin cup gadgets. Didn't you sign up for Hank Haney's Fix My Slice video? I did, and it was the biggest waste of $80 ever. But he caught me at a very, very vulnerable time. <laughs> um, and that Instagram algorithm, which put his ad for his $80 slice fix in front of me, hit me at a certain hour of night where I was inclined to grab my credit card. It's not a 90% mental game. It's 100% mental. It really is. I think your body is smart enough to just to make a golf swing and you don't need to be worried about what position you're at at the top or how you're rotating through the ball. Your one swing thought should just be pay attention, concentrate, lock into what you're doing for these three seconds and then dick around and have all your other thoughts as you're walking up to the ball, your conversations, your cigars, your beers, just lock in for the three seconds that golf requires you to lock in 80 to 90 times per round, it'll happen. And that, that's what I've done. I don't get up there thinking, oh, I need to be at this position or I got to take the club face back at a certain spot. No, I just... You hear that, folks? If you take Adam's advice, it will happen. And what is it, you may ask? An 87. <laughs> well, for me... Yeah. For me, yeah. I'm 87 at Brentwood. Good for you, man. When that's the great. greens are rolling 14 is good. Yeah, great score, man. I think you could argue that putting is like... 90% mental, 
saying golf is 100% mental is one of the worst takes I've ever heard. Thank you. Golf requires some grooming. You know, you need someone to show you the ropes. There's, there's an enormous amount of etiquette. There's enormous amount of unwritten rules. And then there's enormous amounts of technique that even given the fact that we all have different body types and stuff, you still have to have a general idea of how it works to properly hit a golf ball. Watching you a year and three months ago fat 90% of your shots at the Indian Wells powwow, I wouldn't say that was 100% mental. That was a technique flaw. So in 2022, we were dead last and I was fatting every shot. In 2023, we finished first in our flight. And I'm telling you, I don't know how to articulate it as well as I want to, but the idea of trying to have a technically sound and perfect golf swing that looks like what you see on TV is I think what held me back and what holds so many people back. It doesn't matter what it looks like. No, no, but you you have to have a general knowledge and understanding of how not just the swing in general, that's too much of a blanket term in my opinion. There's so many different shots you need to learn. So to say it's 100% mental is, is false, you know, you got to you got to learn all that stuff and you got to not only learn it, you got to have an understanding of it and when to apply what to what in Agreed. a certain s- situation. Sure. But for me personally, the mental game is just locking into the task at hand, which is hitting the golf ball and keeping it in front of you. It's not thinking about where the club needs to be or exactly what I have to do to look good on camera. It's just about just stay focused, stay focused for three seconds at a time, 80 to 90 times during the round. And you're going to have a lot better results than if you're staying up late at night on YouTube, trying to fix things that don't need to be fixed. How was your weekend? Good. I shoveled dirt all day on Saturday, did a bunch of yard work. Sunday, we spent all day at the beach. Palmer missed her nap, had a full meltdown at night. We're all sunburnt. It was a great weekend. That, we really enjoyed it. Excellent. Pot I, roast dinner last night mm. with key lime pie. Fucking lights out, dude. Who doesn't love a key lime pie? I mean, pie? come on, dude. That graham cracker crust. Just get out of here. Give me a break yeah. with the key lime pie. Key lime pie. It's basically like like zesty, zingy cheesecake on steroids. Yeah, that's what it is. You know? Yeah. If, if Monster Energy and Cheesecake had a baby. That's what it is. You mentioned you did some yard work on Saturday. I, too, got out in the yard on Saturday. And let me tell you, is there anything more American than just busting your ass in the yard on a Saturday? Yeah. The, Make just, your hands get swollen. Get a little sunburn on your neck. They don't call them rednecks for nothing, man. Yeah. Well, you know what I did on Saturday is I washed both family vehicles. And let me tell you, there, there's something about earning it with a hand wash. Are you are you a hand wash guy or do you run it through the old uh, AM, PM car wash? In the Dude, back? you're going to laugh at this. I wiped down the Cadillac with spray wax because I keep it covered. I've owned that car since 2013. Never washed it with water. It has layers of spray wax on it. So it's just you just wipe it down and it's it's perfect. I think washing cars is I think it hurts the car more than it helps it. I think it hurts the paint. My van, I bought that 4 years ago, however long it's been. Never washed it. I've armor all the tires a couple times. I've scrubbed the wheels, which it needs, and I've I've uh, cleaned the windows. Never washed the vehicle, not once. I don't wash cars. Oh, okay. I mean, I'll clean out the inside, but like getting the hose and soap on the outside, I just don't do it. I think it's a myth. 
a myth. Yeah, it's the, a myth. The car wash, <laughs> like the goal in hockey and like Sonic drive-in restaurants, it's a myth. You hear yeah. about them, but they don't. Well, exist. cars just—they just depreciate. Well, I'm not going to put my 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 energy and my elbow grease into it because who gives a shit, dude? Mm. I'm going to take a loss on that thing regardless. So fuck it. It gets washed when it rains, dude. You know, I drive down here north to south, and so I pass Angel Stadium on the way down. And I just I wanted to ask you this. It has nothing to do with golf, but uh, driving past Angel Stadium, realizing we're halfway through the baseball season. season. Yeah. I have not been to a game yet. Have you been to a game no, this year? No, we were talking about it earlier and earlier in the year, and we were thinking, oh, it'd be fun for Katie Kai's parents to come to a game. But, like, you know, they're not super avid fans let alone Dodger fans. So like making the trek to Dodger stadium is like, you know, kind of a commitment, especially if you have a small child, yada, yada. Um, but I was like, well, we could, you know, let's go to the freeway series and catch a game when Dodgers are at angel stadium. Cause angel stadium is one of the worst ballparks in America. No, it's, it's the it's, worst. It's the worst. It's horrible. Yeah. It's so bad. It's a bad fan experience. A lot of the seats are like blocked. Like the view is blocked. I, I, I could go on forever about how bad. Every time I go there, I'm like, this place sucks. The demographic of fans there is nine oh niners. It's just like you got the Riverside faithful coming. A lot in. of a lot of uh, not health conscious people wearing lifeguard hats mm. walking around. Really weird fan base. Regardless, we were like, oh, let's go catch a game. Have you looked at ticket prices to MLB games? No. They have skyrocketed. Is that right? And it's not that they're expensive in a sense that like, oh, we can't afford it. Like we're like poor and we're not rich by any means. Don't get me wrong. I value our hard earned money and I'm not afraid to spend it on things that we enjoy. But when the prices go up a little bit for something historically you're used to paying nothing for, Mm. you know, like nosebleeds or home run pavilion seats for 30, 40 bucks. And then you're like, oh, here, here's the seats like. 150 bucks. It's like, what? Get the fuck out of here. Right. It's a baseball game, dude. Yeah. You're lucky I'm here. Yeah. And I love baseball. Yeah. I saw that and I just basically turned off my attention span of wanting to go to a game. I was just like, okay, well, we'll just go to the beach where it's $3 to park. We can sneak our own booze in and Palmer will have way more fun and fuck sports. Right. (laughs) You know? Right. Let me know at the end, like, yeah, am I going to root for the Dodgers at the end of the season? For sure. But, like, am I Jones going to get to a game? Not anymore. Yeah. Well, here, and, and we both love baseball. We keep our mitts at the office. We, uh, we we go play catch every now and then again in the parking lot. Let me tell you how bad Angel Stadium is. I live 10 minutes away from it. I can go for free whenever I want because I know the broadcast crew there. My Seattle Mariners visit 18 times a year, and I still don't go. <laughs> It's that bad of a stadium. It sucks. Yep. Place sucks. Crisis at the Hawk household last night. Ooh. Come to find out uh, via AT and T that a squirrel had chewed through the main line, knocking out internet for everyone on my block. So I was without internet all day yesterday. What are, What are the odds that you think that that's factual? A Nobody squirrel. lies more than the telecom internet companies. They're pathological liars they are and big shout out to cox communications worst company in america (laughs) anyways continue we are airing out the grievances (laughs) today uh cox the sponsor of angel stadium no coincidence (laughs) uh but when you get internet knocked out that means that you're also in this day and age knocking out television because we're all streamers 
you know, you're a streamer, I'm a streamer, everyone's a streamer. So we lost Netflix, Apple TV, HBO Max, Prime Video, and we don't have cable. So TV's gone. And that's tough in a household with kids um, when you've been at it all weekend and you're ready to sit down and relax and there's there's nothing on the television. So you know what I had to do? I had to introduce my kids to three letters that I never thought I would have to introduce them to. D-V-D. <laughs> like a dad going through the attic in the 50s by candlelight looking for board games, I had to go out to the garage and dig through old boxes and find DVDs. Now, do you remember when a DVD collection was something people would like proudly display at their house like a trophy bucket, like was warranting wall real estate? Like, oh, and here, here, let me show you my DVDs. And there you was know, just hundreds of them on who, people's walls. You know who had the... What what would you call the entertainment systems that holds the TV? Is that like a some type of modern credenza? Is, yeah, is there a, a name an, for it? Is it just an entertainment system? An entertainment console. Yeah, I would bet my mortgage on the fact that our good buddy, great guy, hell of a human being, Mister Tony Bacardi himself, had the entertainment system at his house that showed all of his DVDs and CDs. Yes. I guarantee you. 100%. I just know it. Yeah. Like black glass. Oh, yeah. You know? And he polished it with Windex. Yeah. Yep. You just know he had it. You know he he showed it. And, then and the, you know, Scarface, all those movies are on it. You know? Yeah, Goodfellas. Yeah. Um, shout out to Tony Bacardi, dude. I can't remember the last time until last night that I had to put a DVD in. But what I did was I went out to the garage. I found... Um, garage the garage my wife's uh, old dvds and my old dvds i brought them in to the house i narrowed it down to three selections that would be family friendly something that the kids would like as well and what it reminded me of and tell me if you remember this piece of nostalgia when you would go to the video store with your family and somehow four people had to agree on one movie yeah it is impossible it was such a colossal waste of time you go out to dinner, you get your frozen yogurt, you walk on over to the to the blockbuster across the street. Sure. And you walk around for hours. Every movie you want is is out. You can't even get it. Mm-hmm. So you narrow it down and you got three options. Everyone's fighting over it. They're all movies you've seen before. You finally take it home. You get it home. You put it in the player. Everyone gets comfortable. Then the kids want popcorn. You go and pop it in the microwave and then you miss the, the beginning of the movie and you sit down. By that time, it's 10 o'clock and everyone's asleep and you don't even finish the fucking thing. There you go. It was the biggest waste of time. So we narrowed it down to three choices. The Sandlot, The Goonies, and Little Rascals. Wow. Great movies. Any guess on what we went with? Sandlot. And you would be correct. Yeah. We went with The Sandlot. Uh, Six-year-old daughter, four-year-old son. We popped in The Sandlot, watched it start to finish. Now, the question of the day is, does it hold up? And I can give a logical take because I saw it last night and I'll say this kind of sort of not really. Wow. Yes. The Sandlot has always been in my pantheon of greatest baseball movies of all time. And one of the best movies of all time. And I still think it's a great movie, but what has happened to us as a society and as a culture, the last decade plus our attention span is so diminished that the pacing of any kind of older content just doesn't do it for the attention span of kids, my kids age, and even adults where if something isn't happening every two to three seconds, if explosions and loud noises and jokes aren't flying 
at sensory overload speeds, you just kind of start to check out on a movie. A, a movie as good as The Sandlot, where it's like, I need this in half the time that I got it in. It's when those stupid born movies came out is when every action movie basically just went by that playbook after that point. Mm. And it's all just as fast paced as possible. Like, like every fight scene now is like one of the modern bond movies where they're just doing like matrix style moves, you know? Right. And you're just like, whatever happened to just the old school James Bond with a little wimpy sidearm. And he's just like throwing the biggest, longest, slowest punch to the face of all, (laughs) you know? Whatever happened to that? <laughs> that was cool as shit. This freaking... It's like, no one fights like that. You gotta yeah. be fucking kidding me, dude. Yeah, yeah. You know, they film it all in, like, regular speed, and they, like, up the, up the speeds on it, you know, so it looks like fast motion. Right. I did get the uh, update from the home front that the internet is back and connected, so we will go right back to uh, streaming and having our attention spans serviced at reasonable speeds. No disrespect to the Sandlot. Great film. I do also want to say before we get out, the email inbox for this podcast is wide open. We would love your emails. Give us any topic, a question, a take. Uh, We'll read them on the podcast and we'll start to do a little bit more listener interaction. It sounds like you're going to spearhead that operation. So it works for me. Well, you mentioned at the top, I just sit here doing my little emails. Yeah, good. So email me. Warm those fingers up, Hawk. Yep. NationGolfCo at gmail.com. We talked uh, golf, washing our cars, and DVDs. What a podcast this was. Nothing like washing your car. Nothing like washing your car. Uh, That will do it for us. Thank you for listening to The Fellowship. Share it with a friend and email us, nationgolfco at gmail.com. We'll see you next time. Just make that uh, uh, subject line in the email. Attention, Hawk.